0: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli and welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Yes, 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 yes. Today is Saturday. So that can only mean one thing. It's Saturday, so you know what that means, right? Shout out to everybody who knows that reference. We are talking Friday Night SmackDown. Now I know, somebody's missing, right? Yes, it is Brian Thomas, and yes, he is not here, unfortunately. Um, It has been a, a weird couple of days, I want to say. Uh, <laughs> a couple of days ago, me and Brian didn't know if we were going to be able to do the show together. A lot of stuff kind of came up at the last second. Um, I know he's got stuff going on again with uh, with family, you know, it's it's that time of year with summer kids being home and all that stuff. Um, so, Brian, if you're listening to this, of course, I know you eventually you're going to listen to this at some point. So, Brian, shout out to you, my man. Um, and we will be back together on Thursday when we cover uh, a W collision dynamite and all of that fun stuff. So for today, your boy is going solo to talk. Friday night Smackdown and of course today as well we are going to be or I am going to be giving you uh, my top five wrestlers for this week if you guys have been a part of this podcast you know every single end of the week we give you guys these top five lists so we will be going over that that list as well as some honorable mentions that I have uh, once this review is over so I'm going to dive straight into this. I know I'm going to I have a lot to stu- a lot of stuff to get into today, so I'm going to try to and I know I sound like a broken record every time I say that. Every time it, you know, I always say, "Oh, I'm going to end this show in 45 minutes or an hour," and it turns into an hour and a half. <laughs> so, so please bear with me. I will try to get through this as quick as I can because there is a lot that I do want to say uh in regard to the show and things with of course with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. Uh, things with LA Knight. how about that freaking LA Knight was on freaking television last night on Smackdown hell yeah yeah <laughs> freaking you know finally uh, and of course some other stuff in this show that I do want to go over uh, so I'm going to jump straight into this so without further ado let's get into it Friday night Smackdown July 14th 2023 live in Raleigh North Carolina Our number one starts off with Bianca Belair, the EST herself. Her music hits. She enters the ring. She says tonight is her her night to take back her women's title. As later on in your main event, she's going to be going one-on-one with Asuka, your current uh, WWE Women's Champion. Charlotte Flair interrupts her music hitch. um, And, you know, she goes, she's in the middle of the ring she says she's confident that Belair will beat Oscar, and when she does, she is next in line for a shot at that said title. Belair says, "Well, why not me and you at SummerSlam?" She says, "When I do beat Oscar, how about we raise the stakes about me you at SummerSlam or something along those lines?" Uh, Charlotte Flair accepts. Both women shake hands. Freaking Charlotte Flair does her woo and all that, all that <laughs> shit, right? Um, and the segment ends and that is your start of the show. So yeah, so here, here's the first thing I'm going to say, man, look, um, Oscar, let, let me, let me, to me, it's, I find this really, really weird how this segment just to me, was it bad? No. Was it good? And could I think of a million different ways to start off the show with more electricity? Hell Yeah. <laughs> But the main thing I just thought about was Asuka. Asuka was just... Like, these two women are talking about a, a, a SummerSlam title match. A title that none of them even hold on to. It's a title that Asuka holds on to. And she's kind of just... She's just showcased as this afterthought. Like, she's in the back. She's watching the segment go down. I don't know. I feel like Asuka you know, could have... It's just weird to me. I, I don't know. It just seems like Asuka, yes, yeah, she is involved in this in, in whatever this shit is. But she seems more just not even a part of she just wasn't even part of this process. It's like she's just pushed aside, like, oh, it's Belair and Charlotte Flair. Like that's the main, those are the main two women, and and, and Asuka's kind of just, just the afterthought in, in in all of this, which and she's the champion, which is just weird to me. Um, and that's why I always say, at least over the past several months in regards to what this is leading to, Asuka is no more than just a placeholder. A placeholder to give Charlotte Flair her 15 freaking women's championship um, at SummerSlam. Um, I know I sound like a broken record when it comes to that as well. But, I mean, it's just its just the straight up truth, man. Um, it, it's just... It sucks, man, because I, I think of Asuka when she came back in this kind of character or this kind of persona, the the pop that she did get. Was it a mega pop? No. But was it a decent pop, a, a good reaction, a really epic reaction? Hell yeah. I mean, if you don't freaking don't take my word for it, just go back and watch it, watch it yourself when she returned to the Royal Rumble this year. And ever since then, especially after WrestleMania, Asuka, like I say about a lot of people in this company, just feel like she just feels like another woman on the roster now. You know, she's holding a title, that's great. We all we all like Asuka. We want her to to feel as such, but it's just what she's being what she's being placed in. And what she's being placed in in regards to what's probably going to be a triple threat. She's just being pushed to the side, man. And it's just about Charlotte and, and Bianca Belair. Now, granted, I like Bianca Belair. Um, I just, I'm, I'm not sure if we're still going full throttle with this this heel persona or she's still dealing with this baby face persona. I don't know. I, I, that's So that's kind of weird for me with Bianca. And I feel like as of late, you know, we saw that turn. We were like, okay, here we go. Uh, Freaking Bel Air, she's turning full heel. And now it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just really weird to me uh, of what we're doing with Bianca and what this is going to, m- moving forward, what this is going to do for her, unless they want to do the full turn after SummerSlam with a feud with somebody. Who is that somebody? I don't know. Or are they going to make it special? I highly doubt it because the way that this women's division is being booked and how every, and what everybody is being placed in. If your name's not Becky Lynch or Charlotte flair, like I always say, then it doesn't deserve my benefit of the doubt. Um, it it just, it just doesn't. So it it just, you know, it's just these segments where, you know, it's just, it's a start of the show that could have been more intriguing and a start of the show where it didn't have to derail or make Asuka look like the afterthought in all of this. You know, it was, it was just really weird, man. Um, Just, I don't know. It's, it's, you guys know me, man. I've been dreading this for months now because I'm 95.99% sure that you're gonna see Charlotte Flair hold on to that freaking title. It's going to happen, you know. All of this is just for Charlotte Flair to get that 15th, that that 15th uh, championship on her resume, man. Just to to pass her father and all that fun stuff that we've that me and Brian have said over the past several past several months. That I know, and I spoke about her being an experiment that's just not working with a lot of fans because she you know she doesn't connect um at all if you don't believe me in that statement i mean look what she has been what they have been placing her in she's been a heel and a face more times than the fucking big show (laughs) that's again just go back and look at her history they they flip her heel and face a gazillion times because they just don't know what to do with her outside of placing her in a title picture because she's charlotte flair and that's and that's just the problem of it all, man. So we I'm gonna speak more about that in regards to in regards to the main event, uh what once we do get there. But yeah, a start a start of the show that could have just been so much more intriguing and just a gazillion different ways where we could have made this more fun and it and it didn't have to and we could have also done more for Asuka in this situation as well. So that's, that's the only, that's the take that I have in regards to that, but more talking more about that. Once we get to our main event up next, we have a tag match. This was Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus pretty deadly. Uh, Sheamus hits a bro kick uh, to Kit Wilson, Prince uh, or Elton Prince looks to uh, take off the top turnbuckle. So the referee is distracted. He's taking off the top turnbuckle. Prince sidesteps Rich Holland and Holland goes throat first into the exposed turnbuckle. So they're still kind of selling like the the Samoan spike that Rich Holland took to, to Solo Sokoa in his injured throat or whatever. Um Elton Prince hits the leg drop for the W and Pretty Deadly picks up the win over Sheamus and Rich Holland. Um look, man, pretty deadly. And here's the thing with Pretty Deadly, right? Um, creative finish n- nothing wrong with the match and what it was here's what I will say and it, and it and it mainly regards to Sheamus as well as pretty deadly but let me start with Sheamus Sheamus has been taking a lot of L's guys I, and I, I mean a lot of freaking L's whether that's in, in in tag matches like this or facing Austin Theory for the United States Championship a gazillion fucking times <laughs> I, I, I mean you know I mean this is this is a guy, Sheamus. Yes, I know he's getting older in age, like we always say about LA Knight, because he's freaking forty plus years old. He shouldn't be holding on to a world championship, which is fucking bullshit. I've spoken about that on on many different occasions. So, but yeah, it's just like we got to be careful in regards to how we book these wrestlers and and just in these losing streaks that they get on, especially with Sheamus, a guy that should still should still be feeling as such. You know, of course, maybe not holding on to a said title or a world title, but should, but should still be feeling a certain type of way. And then you have pretty deadly, which obviously having having them win is the right call at the end of the day. If if you're, if you have to put a fricking, a, a fricking bullet to my head or a fricking gun to my, to my forehead about who should be going over here, it's pretty deadly. Um, but it's just the fact that too, that, they they lost they they were already part of a of a of a tag title match against Sami Zayn and KO so early in their main roster career and now it seems like they're just stuck in this there's they're, they're stuck in this hole where it you know okay they win this match but what is it what is it leading to for them where's the direction now for Pretty Deadly because they just lost a tag title match ba- back in not not even at money in the bank freaking the the smackdown before money in the bank on that friday i want to say a couple weeks ago maybe two weeks ago or something along those lines so where does pretty deadly go from here as well so th- this this win doesn't really do much for anybody i do like the the finish i mean i like the way pretty deadly wins in these matches these creative type of finishes as heels um but it's just the fact that they've already had this title match and it's just like, okay, your tag title, your tag division is already irrelevant. So now, <laughs> you know, where, where, where do you go from here now? So it's kind of a situation, a situation where I'm not really that excited to see what pretty deadly is doing next because there's really nothing moving forward for them. Okay. They win this match. So what are they going to do? They're going to have more matches with the brawling brutes. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to put freaking rich Holland and butch in there. You're going to put Seamus and Butch in there. You're going to put them in one-on-one competition. Like, come on guys. What, like, what the fuck? It's just, it's weird. It's just really, it's just really freaking weird. And it does nothing for me. And I'm sure it doesn't do a whole lot for, for any of you guys that watch this match. Even if you're a fan of these people, right? You're a fan of Seamus. I've spoken very heavily about Seamus and how I hear those, those chops, those, those forearms that he always gives in his matches and how the crowd gets so into it, and it's just like, man, there's just so much you can do with this guy that doesn't even need to involve a title, and that's just the truth. And 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 with pretty deadly, you know, as as you know, of course, there. And I've been digging their shtick but the fact that they've already gotten this title match and it's just like, okay, they win this match, but what's next for them more matches with the brawling brutes. So that's just my concern. It's a tag match where it was a good match for what it was, but doesn't do anything for me and for any of and me getting excited about what these, what these two teams are doing moving forward. So up next, we have Bailey versus Selena Vega. Um, of course you're, uh, Miss Money in the Bank, EO Sky is at ringside for this match. Bailey wins via a rose plant uh, to pick up the W over Selena Vega. Post-match Shotzi, uh, she delivers a message to damage control. Of course, you know, taking her, uh, like cutting her hair last week in a, in a vicious assault last week. Me and, uh, me and Brian spoke about that um, in, a, in a previous episode in, in regards to that segment. I believe that was two weeks ago. So she, she's on the Titantron, and she starts shaving her head. Her She legit starts shaving her head. She talks about, do I look like someone that you can control? Because she knows she sa- says to herself, like, I'm in control. Um, and screaming it and getting amplified, which I actually like to a certain degree. And and that's the segment. And Bailey and e- and Eosky are looking at each other like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Eo Sky's like, "Did you like? Wh- why did I have to be involved in this? Like, I have this briefcase, and now I'm dealing with this crazy fucking psychopath. Like, what like what are we doing here?" <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, look, and 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 major shout out to Shotzi. Um. And as I heard, um, on Twitter as well as that as well as many reports about the reasoning behind that she shaved her head. And that's because her sister um, is currently dealing with cancer um, as of right now, as she is uh, so much props to, or much love to Shotzi as well as her sister and her family. So much love, much love to them. Um, You know, of course, just it's really, really kind of cool to pay a tribute to her sister. Um, It's, it's uh, I believe it was liver cancer, liver cancer, just kind of just, trying to remember off the top of my head that, that her sister is fighting over right now. So major, major uh, prayers to Shotzi and her sister and the rest of her family um, and just a healthy recovery in the near future. So major props to Shotzi. So, and let, let me give a, let me give a proper salute to both of them. In regards to that. So, yeah, so shout, shout out to them. Uh, just the backstory in regards to shaving the head. Um, and, and all that stuff. So, so major love to, to Shotzi and her, and the rest of her family. But for what this segment, going back into this segment, right. Um, look, we'll, we'll see where it goes, I guess, you know, this is, uh, I mean, maybe this is a a. a I guess you could say character development. I, I don't know. Um, it, it, again, it always comes down to how much effort and what they're going to put into Shotzi and this new look. And how it's going to captivate people? I mean, because Shotzi actually did a decent job. She's like, she's like more like a little bit more psychotic, and she's a little bit more crazy. Like she's like she's really like wants to get that. She really wants to get her hands on Bailey and EO, and and she's shaving her head to say like, now I'm in control. Like you guys don't control me. Like I'm going insane. So the 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 vignette, the freaking. The segment was very, very, the post-match segment, I should say, um, very well done for Shotzi. I just hope it leads to something for her. As we've always said about Shotzi in regards to her mini tank that she always drives to the ring. I mean, imagine the merchandise that you can sell with that, with her driving to, to the ring with a little mini tank. You know what the merchandise and the like little kids can freaking do with that shit, man, As a, as a baby face? I mean, come on, dude. You know, merchandise sales would go through the roof if you book Shotzi properly and you give her the time of day. So so who knows? You know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, continue to see where things go um, with her. It, it has potential, especially in this type of limelight, the way she's screaming and getting amplified. I like that. I, I, I like that to a degree. I'll give it a chance and we'll we'll see where it goes. I just hope that WWE just gives it Fucking time to make it freaking work. So, but but major but major props and shout out to Shotzi and of course her family, um, with her sister dealing with with liver cancer, and that's kind of kind of like the main the, the main backstory in regards to to the segment and her shaving her head. So much props to that, and and much love to her and her family, um, in, in regards to all of that. So, going into hour number two, Jay Uso, his music hits and enters the ring. Um, of course, sending the message to Roman Heyman, of course, solo Sokoa. He talks about his brother, his brother, Jimmy, and how, you know, how close they are, the relationship that they have. And again, man, the fucking crowd, I'm going to say this guys right now, this fucking crowd. And I've said this before on this podcast, and I'm going to continue to say it. I can't stand this fucking what chant. It is fucking the dumbest shit. I've ever fucking heard. Like, guys, enough of this chant. You have and more and much props to 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 Jey Uso not letting not letting that what chant kind of throw off throw off his game. I remember Charlotte Flair cut a same type of baby face promo not too long ago, and she literally turns to the crowd and says, "Are you really whating me right now? Like, I'm trying to say something really important here." <laughs> like, <laughs> I've spoken heavily about that and just how. Just weird the response how Charlotte Flair responded to all of that, but with Jay Uso, he kind of gelled with it, he kind of had fun with it as he should as a performer, but man like i just i I just find that so frustrating for you know just feeling for performers that are trying to give a heart heartfelt type of promo and to make it serious, and then like Jay Uso gets amplified and he starts really going going just full throttle in the promo um just really solid stuff, man. I mean, Jay Uso is really this storyline for three years in the making now has really, you know, just done has elevated Jay Uso tenfold. And of course everyone else and that has been a part of this story. But major props to Jay. And I got more stuff about Jay in regards to this match at SummerSlam that he's gonna be facing Roman for 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 this uh for this title um in just a couple of weeks. But moving on, so he so he says the fi- his final lines were, you are looking at the real head of the table, the real tribal chief, and his name is main event Jey Uso. Heyman and Solo Sokoa interrupt, and Heyman kind of just goes along saying, you know, listen, you know, at the end of the day, the reason why Jimmy is in the hospital right now, you know, licking his wounds, it's all your fault. You know, speaking directly to Jey Uso. And Jey Uso, at this point, has no more words. Well, before that, even Solo Sokoa said the same thing. And he says, I won't forget. I I won't forgive you what you did to our brother either. Or something along those lines. Speaking really deep and heavy um, is uh, Solo as he gets right up into his face. And Jey Uso's just like, fuck it. Like, uh, enough of this. And he he just goes to blows with his brother Solo. Uh, He takes out Solo for the time being. And then he looks over to Paul Heyman and and this is like the moment where like oh you let this kind of let the segment breathe it's like oh snap like the manager or somebody's about to get beat up and there's this slow burn bro it takes this man like 87 years to get to freaking paul Heyman like like freaking jay uso like he slowly makes the turn to freaking Heyman who's to paul Heyman who's in the corner of the ring and fricking Jey so he's smiling, he's laughing, like, oh, I'm about to get you, oh, I'm, and it's taking him like forever. Like, dude, just get this motherfucker! And, and like, you know, it's just, it's just really weird. How it just played off like this dude took his sweet ass time to get fricking, to to get fricking his hands on Paul Heyman. I understand, like, in those moments, you let it draw out to you know obviously you know the moment is for somebody to attack him from behind i get that but like man it just like it took forever to get to for jay uso and for the spot to happen it's just like all right you want you got your you're about to get his hands on him you're in the ring with him just just fucking do it it was weird it was just the way that that came off so i I had to speak about that because i was just like you know that like he's he it's taking him forever just to get face to face or get close to the dude. He's like on his knees. He's like, you know, looking at him, he's screaming at him. He's laughing. He's I'm like, I'm like, all right. And then like after 87 years later, freaking solo Sakoa freaking attacks him from behind. And I'm thinking, well, what did you think was going to happen, bro? (laughs) If it's, if you're going to take that long to get your hands on Heyman, then you knew freaking solo Sakoa was going to wake up from his nap and fucking and you from behind, dude. I'm just saying. So, so freaking uh, solo, you know, he he goes after he goes after uh, Jay once again. Freaking Heyman, he he crawls under the ring and he goes and he comes back into the ring going around the ring from out from the outside. Uh, and when it's all said and done, Jay Uso delivers a massive super kick to Paul Heyman. And guys, I, I hope everybody saw this like the way he, The way freaking Paul Heyman just falls like a freaking, like a stack of bricks. (laughs) The way he sells this super kick was just fucking, just, was just fucking gold. Like, it's just so, it's just hilarious. It's just like how, it's just the way he sells moves and super kicks. Like, I I just laugh out loud. It's just fucking funny. You guys go back and freaking watch it. It was, it's just absolutely hysterical. The way Paul Heyman just takes maneuvers, it was it was just really funny. So and so after that super kick, um, and then that was when the slow burn happened. To when oh like Jey Uso, he's about to get his hands on on Paul Heyman, or he's he was about to deliver a chair shot, which took him about eight eight thousand fucking years to do. And finally, freaking Solo kind of takes the you know kind of takes the 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 bullet for for Heyman. They both walk up the rampway. Jey Uso is standing tall. And that is your segment. So I'll start off by saying this, listen, decent segment. I got no problem with this segment. Of course, this is regardless of what people want to say about this, about this storyline and how it could be too long and how things could be, I mean, it's still the best story that's being told right now in this company. I don't care what anybody says. And this was a damn solid segment that still achieved what it needs to achieve, Right. And here, but here's what I'll say. So that, so that's the segment. I, I want to get that out of the way. But here's another thing that I want to say in regards to Jey Uso and this match that he has with Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. You know, we 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 think of a lot of things, right, in regards to how how cool something may sound. If oh, if you know, think of Jey Uso and what you can do with X, Y, and Z if you were if you were to win the title against Roman. I'm sure people know where I'm going with this when I say that, right? It's just like, oh, you can do this with Jay, like Jay Uso, you know, you know, it'd be fun. It'd be cool. Like, wouldn't it be fun to see Jay Uso win the title? And then those types of conversations like, oh, okay. Like that's, it's fun to, it's fun to dream. It's fun to like, you know, have an, have a fantasy once in a while, but now there's talk in the wrestling world where now it's no longer just an opinion. It's no longer just a fantasy. It It's now clear for wrestling fans like this needs to happen like it, like Jay Uso beating Roman Reigns needs to happen. And I'm like, no, 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 it doesn't. Fuck no, 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 the fucking doesn't. Because first of all, it's not going to happen because he already pinned him at money in the bank. They're they're not going to have Jey Uso win this match. It's not going to happen because we all we all know that this is set in stone for Roman Reigns to pretty much pass Hulk Hogan and his title reign, and that's probably going to be even beyond WrestleMania throughout the rest of this year and into twenty twenty four. So we know that that's not even going to be the case. But from wrestling fans, they feel like like this 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 t- a tag team wrestler Jey Uso and much love to Jey Uso. As well as the uso brothers both 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 jay and jimmy i've always i always say on this on this plat, on this platform and on this podcast arguably in this era the best tag team in this company without a doubt but that's what they are a tag team you're telling me for three years right three years we have we have we we, we have done this title reign we have drawn out this this over three-year title reign for Roman Reigns, if it wasn't Cesaro, Big E, right? Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Edge, Sami Zayn in Montreal when the guy was white hot, you didn't want to give him the title because you felt like, oh, maybe Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania was a bigger moment. Okay, and you didn't want to do it at WrestleMania. And now it's just, and all of that if it wasn't Cody, if it wasn't Sami Zayn, if it wasn't Brock, if it wasn't Cena, if it wasn't Edge, if it wasn't freaking Braun Strowman, if it wasn't all of these other people, for three-plus years, all of that, for Roman Reigns, is for Jey Uso to to beat Roman for this title. Now, now look, I know I'm probably pissing off a lot of people, but just... Hear me out for a second, right? Again, I like Jey Uso. He has been he has been tremendous in everything that he has been doing in this story. But what have I always said, guys, in regards to this story? That the title just is not needed if you were to tell this story with no title involved if you were to properly have Roman Reigns drop those titles at Wrestlemania and say okay you want Jey Uso to freaking pin and and beat Roman Reigns and kind of end a chapter or end this story for good with the bloodline then heck I'm all for it but for a championship title a tag team wrestler absolutely not (laughs) Uh, guys i'm sorry you can give me all the x y and z things and how you know and i understand the moment of what it could be i i completely understand just like how i always say about cody Rhodes, and how the moment could feel so much special if you would have given it to cody and i know a lot of people feel the same way in regards to jay uso and how the moment would be right and in the moment in that test in time it would be cool but then we have to regather ourselves and think long-term. It's just like, okay, wow, Jey Uso is now holding on to a title. Now what? <laughs> you, see, you see what I'm saying? Like, now what? Because what it, the reason why it made sense for Cody, and, and, I, and listen, f- fuck your struggle. Fuck the adversity. I don't give a shit. If that's what you want to give to me, guys, I'm, I'm done hearing about it. I'm done fucking hearing about it. Frickin Cody Rhodes has never felt more average than he does right now. Sure. He still gets a a little decent pop every now and then. Sure. We all still like Cody Rhodes and he gets a good reaction, but what he's involved in the fact that there's, there should be a need and a want to see Cody Rhodes and see what he does next, especially with Brock. There's none of that. And he, and he feels no more than average. Of what he's doing versus when he was white hot at at WrestleMania and what it could have done for Cody in that moment at WrestleMania to when he won those titles and feuding with Brock would have made more sense to have to have titles in a feud with Brock and it made sense for Brock Lesnar as well. Like I've even said on this platform, he couldn't face Roman because of the stipulation at SummerSlam a couple years ago. And it would make sense for him wanting to get that shot back because he couldn't, he couldn't have gotten it from Roman again. And it would have made more sense for Cody to have these feuds that would make sense to have a title involved. This bloodline storyline, guys, whether you want to admit it or not, does not need the title. Look at last week's segment. It was over. The segment was more about the the the, the tribal chief name. Right, the 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 tribal chief, the head of the table, the the guy, the, the guy leading the 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 family, that that was more important. That was the focal point, than the title itself. The title is nothing more than an afterthought, guys. As well as Roman Reigns, and I and I saw this even on Twitter as another reputable source. Roman Reigns is now officially passed over a hundred days to where he hasn't even defended that title. Because I said this at WrestleMania when me and Brian did the show. He's going to be more part-time. He's not going to defend that title. You're not going to see him defend that title unless it's a big pay-per-view, like a SummerSlam or whatever. And here we are, and he's going to probably defend that title when that time comes. You know, he's been in these tag matches, holding on to these titles just to get to a thousand days. You know, and trust me, guys, do I want to see... This title reign being drawn out, you know, because Roman Reigns just needs to hold on to the title just to be another milestone in this in this title reign. Of course not, man. But for three years of Roman holding on to this title, I, I really hope that this was not for just to have Jimmy, or excuse me, Jey Uso to dethrone him. Because, fuck. Uh, t- guys, a tag team wrestler taking away... This title from Roman Reigns, a guy that has held this title for thousands upon thousands of days now or hundreds upon thousands of days. And it's a tag team guy in Jey Uso, you know, not Cody, not Sami Zayn, not Braun Strowman, not Cesaro, not Brock Lesnar, not Edge, not John Cena. It's Jey Uso. Come on, man. Cut the shit. Like, let's be fucking real here. And that's why I keep saying that the title being involved in this situation makes no freaking sense because the only reason why Roman Reigns has this title is just to get to Hulk Hogan's freaking title record, which is about, which I, I believe it is what, 1,470 some odd on days. That's it, man. Everything else, it is, it's, it's, you know, it's nothing. It it is. There's nothing meaningful about the title. There's no prestige about. There's no prestige of the title when it comes to this story. There's just not. So you want to throw a title on this dude, and it's gonna do what? Like yes, the moment's gonna be fun, but think long term, guys. Like then what? You know we Jey Uso has this title, and it's just like okay now what? Trust me, and look, I know I I don't want to see. This title reign go on for another hundreds of more days throughout this calendar year, guys. I get it, but I really hope that this company is not thinking for three years of this dude holding on to a freaking title. That it's a tag team wrestler and J and J Uso. that's going to do it. Stop, please stop. I listen. WWE does a lot of dumb, just petty shit. And I I, I highly doubt that this is even going to be the case either. They do a lot of dumb shit from time to time. I highly doubt that they would do something that fucking stupid. Seriously. So that's just my my take and, and my rant in regards to all that, man. You guys can have your second grade opinion if you want. But you guys know how I just dissected everything and how we've come up to this moment. How we have gotten to this moment to where, man... You know, that's just there's just no need for it. I mean, he already pinned him at and money in the bank. They're, I highly doubt they're not even gonna they're not gonna have him beat him for the title just a month after he also got pinned. No, it's it's not even gonna happen anyway. So people <laughs> people can get out can get out of that fucking that fantasy because it's it's not going to happen, nor should it happen at all. Much love to Jay. He's done a tremendous job. He's a tremendous performer. Again, part of one of, part of, one of the best tag teams, arguably the best tag team in this, in this era of wrestling. But when it comes to the world title in a world title picture, it's not needed, bro. Nor freaking should it. Moving on into our number two. So look, to just to recap all of that, man, as... As I expect, Roman. I guess I don't know if Roman Reigns is going to be back next week or not. I have to do my research and look back at that. So look, the segment in, in, in regards to this show, um, decent. Frickin' Paul Heyman getting super kicked was the highlight of the night, um, as well as the highlight of this of this segment overall. So it it achieved what it needed to achieve. Did it get me? I don't know. It's just, and I also feel like when it comes to this match, I feel like they're gonna really have to go. The extra mile if they want to make it more special the way their first two matches, which was I quit and Hell in a Cell. Again, I don't know how you can top those two types of stipulations, but they're going to try. I don't think, I think it's impossible for it to do, but hey, we shall see, you know, we, we, we shall see when it comes to that. Moving on into our number two, we have a fatal four-way invitational. This was for the United States championship or the number one contendership for the United States championship. This was Santos Escobar versus Butch versus Grayson Waller versus AJ Styles. Yes, guys, Grayson Waller is a part of this match. Okay. Again, this company doesn't want to acknowledge the fact that this dude has had two matches or this is his second match on the main roster. And here he is getting a title match, guys. And not only is this weird for for Grayson Waller putting him in this situation, but for the title itself, like that—that—that's like freaking what? That—that's like what? Freaking uh, like freaking a UFC fighter, like making his UFC debut, and now he's gonna fight a uh, freaking Kumar Uzman. For, for for a said championship for the UFC after he wins, or hell, even freaking loses because he went toe-to-toe in a in his debut with a, one of the top guys in UFC, and now Dana White's gonna be like, Oh, yeah, here, you're gonna be in the main event, or you're gonna be now competing for this said class uh championship in, in your in your weight class. What <laughs> the guy hasn't won a fucking match, and he just got here. And now he's competing for a fucking title, guys. Make it make sense. We like Grayson Waller. We know that this dude, it, and I like the fact that it seems to me like they're very high on this on this guy because they're they're giving him TV time. He's been he's been doing the Grayson Waller effect segment. So it's clear as day they see they see something in this dude, and they want they want things to work out for him. But to put him in a title, an opportunity for a title, it's just like make it make sense, bro. The guy hasn't even won a fucking match. Why? Because he went, he, he survived nine minutes with a 50 year old edge last week. Guys, come on. And listen, I love edge, but again, like when do wins start to matter in this fucking company? Like, is it ever going to matter at all? It's just, cause like, Oh, it's just like anybody. It's just like, that's just, that's the notion now. Like anybody can just compete for this fucking title. Anybody, you don't even have to win a match. You can have a zero in that win column and you will still be able to be granted a title opportunity. I mean, fuck man. It's just so weird. <laughs> so fucking weird. But moving on. Um, so styles goes for a styles clash. I believe it was to butch when and cross uh, is on the Titan Tron and he's attacking Gallows and Anderson um, backstage as well as Scarlett was with him. I'm, I believe he also attacked Mia Yim, as Mia Yim was also rough, roughed up in a backstage segment with Style was, Styles was checking up on them. Styles is distracted. He runs out the ring, and he's laid out by Grayson Waller. Escobar ends up winning this fatal four-way match via a splash from the top rope, and Santos Escobar will face the winner of the second... Yes, guys, there's a second fatal four-way match um, for... The number one contendership for the United States Championship. So the winner of that second fatal four-way match will face Santos Escobar, and the winner of that match will face Austin Theory. I guess hopefully maybe SummerSlam for the United States Championship. So that that is the notion, uh that that's for the notion there. So look, Santos Escobar, okay. Listen, I'm I'm fine with 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 Santos Escobar. I mean, I think that's honestly the only The only real answer you can go, I just not, I just wouldn't have had AJ Styles and Grayson Waller in this, in this freaking, in this situation. I mean, AJ Styles does not need to be going after a said title at this point of his career, a mid-card title for that matter. And it's to continue to tell a story with Cross and again, guys, it's just like, it's like the boy who cried wolf at this point. And I like Karrion Cross. I have spoken so highly about Karrion Cross, but this dude lost in legit in under three fucking minutes and he's attacking the OC backstage. And once again, they're trying to, they're they're trying to make you believe that Karrion Cross is still this legit threat. When in reality, this dude has also been on an epic losing streak. I mean, he just is, man. I mean, he's, fu- I mean, he's lost to matches with Shinsuke Nakamura. He's been fricking losing to people like Rey Mysterio. I mean, in every little mini filler type of feud that he's been in, he's fucking lost. And you want to continue to tell this story. So what? So Cross is going to face AJ Styles again next week or in two weeks. And what? Cross is going to defeat Styles. And now they're just playing this 50-50 book type of shit. I mean, fuck, bro. I mean, these these segments would be fine, right? If it's built, if it's built up properly, you've already had these two compete in a match once or already fucking twice. And, and for Karrion Cross, it's just like, what are we doing with this fucking guy, man? I like the backstage distraction. It would make sense, and I would get into it. If the direction was done properly, but it's not you know it's just it's so weird. it's so fucking weird. It's like Styles beats him I think he did did he beat him once or twice? I have to go back and check that, but he did beat him just not too long ago a, a, in under three minutes, and now carry. and now we're playing this game yet again, to where they're probably gonna face each other again next week or in two weeks' time and either cross is going to look like another going to look like a geek and lose again to styles. That's going to do nothing for styles because no one's going to give a fuck about the match. Nobody. Because you're not giving your audience to fucking care. And it pisses me off, dude. This is styles and cross two dudes that should be doing wonders for your company, even at their age, even at their end, even at the stage of their careers, you know, and it's 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 ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. And and freaking Austin Theory. I'm gonna say this about Theory, and, and I'm gonna move on because there is stuff I w- I do want to say more in regards to L.A. Night when it comes to this said championship. Man, Austin Theory. So he was on commentary, and you wouldn't have even known that. The dude hardly even said anything. Like guys, legit. Don't take my word for it. Go back and listen to Austin Theory for majority of that fatal four-way match, by the way, the fatal four match was fine for what it was. Everybody, I mean, these are two elite freaking wrestlers and ring performers. So the the match was fine for what it was. I mean, fatal four matches, just to have them in the middle of your show. I'm not a huge fan of that, but for what it was, it was fine. I can, you know, I'm, again, I can take it or leave it, but it, again, it's no harm, no foul for what the match was overall. Um, but for Austin Theory on commentary, it's just like, I, I was waiting for this dude. And like, I've been, I've been rooting for, for, for Austin theory. I really have, man. I I've been wanting to see what this dude can truly do. And he's on commentary and he's hardly saying a fucking thing. <laughs> Again, guys, don't not take my word for it. Go back and listen to this dude. He doesn't say a fucking word, hardly a word. He says a few words to fricking Cole, Like very like in monotone, like you would hardly be, you forgot, you almost, you almost forgot that this dude was on commentary, right? These are like opportunities for wrestlers to, to be original, to sell yourself. You know, we always talk about Austin theory about this dude has potential. This dude has this, this dude has that. And I agree. And and I'm, I'm eager to see it. But he's not giving me or anyone else anything. He's on commentary, not selling himself and not selling his character or anything. So why the fuck have him out there? It's just weird. You know, and and listen, I know freaking people get on me about the failed experiment thing. You know, got a lot of weird backlash out of that when they don't understand the actual notion of what I meant about the failed experiment. Is does Austin Theory have potential to be a very to be a very good performer and a talent in this industry? Absolutely. Is he going to do that with what he, of what he is rocking with right now, holding a United States Championship in this weird reboot gimmick? No, it, it it's just not. Because here's the thing, and and John Cena, in, in a promo not too long ago, hit the nail on the head of everything about Austin Theory, where this. This where John Cena had to legit publicly embarrass this dude, how this dude gets just gets inserted crowd noise within, within his promos and his entrances because nobody cares about what he's involved or or what he's doing. And, and yet, and that's the, and he calls him a theory, right? Because that's all you are is a theory. Because I honestly believe guys that I don't even think Austin theory Knows who Austin Theory even is, you know. It, it's just like you have a live microphone for over for close to ten minutes on commentary. Like, be original. Like, say something and do something with your character that we that we can latch onto and and, and talk about for the until the next week of SmackDown. And this dude is is not doing that, you know. It's just, you got to get original. You got to think, you got to think outside the box. And I understand this is also creative in booking and Triple H. Trust me, you don't have to tell me twice to blame Vince McMahon and Triple H in booking. Trust me, I I am always going to be on their ass on everything that they do. But sometimes, man, we have to get on these performers for underachieving. And these are opportunities, like Austin Theory being on commentary, an opportunity you know just slip by to really sell yourself into the audience you know you're on fox you're on the nash you're on a national television stage to sell yourself and do some to do some cool stuff to your character really interact with with commentary and really just uh, listen i'm not saying flap your gums for for 10 freaking minutes but but again, guys, this the everything that I listen to Austin Theory or, or anything that I listen to Austin Theory, and, and that right there gives you the notion to why nobody cares, bro. That's why nobody cares, because I truly feel that what this dude has got rocking with holding onto this title, he doesn't even know who he is. Is the potential there? Absolutely but there's something that's just not right with what he's and what he's trying to sell. You know, it's clear as day. And on commentary for hardly hardly even knowing or remembering that he was even on fucking commentary because again, guys, this dude <laughs> this dude hardly said a fucking word. Um and that's just it, man. I want to see the dude succeed. I hope he becomes everything that I Hope he does become and what this company and Vince McMahon and Triple H sees him as, but until I start seeing you know a- until I start seeing signs of potential like really true potential and direction and you know and signs of just what's what's the word I'm looking for of just just improvement then then I'll really start to, you know, I'll really start to get behind this more and more. But until then, when it comes to this character, it's not gonna work out, man. It's just not. Uh backstage, Bobby Lashley returns. Bobby Lashley returns as him and the street profits, as they meet up backstage, as they they ride out, they ride out of the arena in a limo. It's Bobby Lashley picked them up backstage or in the parking lot area saying, uh, you know, wanting to talk as they jump into their their limousine and they ride off. So, interesting, right? Um, again, man, I, I want to see where this goes. I'm not going to get crazy. I'm not going to freaking blow a gasket and like, oh my God, Bobby Lashley, Street Profits. Are we getting the Hurt Business? Are we getting this? Like, this is, this is going to be really, really good. Does it have potential to be good of what this could lead to? Absolutely, man. I, I mean, the the potential it could have just seeing these three individuals in a potential type of action, no doubt, man. But like I always say, I don't give this company the benefit of the doubt. I just, I just don't, man. I want to, I'll, I'll see where it goes. I'm interested to see where it goes. The street profits and Bobby Lashley. I mean, these are, these are guys that need a cleanse. They need something different. They need a new direction. So I will give it that chance However, I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna jump the gun and give this company the benefit of the doubt, because like I always say, it they do not freaking deserve it. They just don't. So I'll see where it goes. Yes, it, you know, I, I'm definitely, definitely interested to see where it leads to. Um, but we'll see, man. We, we, we shall see. I, I wish they I wish it could have drawn out a little, just like a little bit more. Or may, you know, maybe they, you know, they wanted to keep people. You know, leaving with questions like good questions, you know, oh, like man, this you know it leaves you maybe they 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 didn't want to overly expose too much, which I understand, so maybe that's why they wanted to to give it only maybe five to ten seconds, like all they all the, all it was was the street prophets walking backstage or wondering when he's arriving, like well, you said he was gonna be here twenty minutes ago, and then finally, Bobby Lashley gets out of his limousine, he's like, "Hey, like you guys ready to talk, like hey, let's do it. They jump in their limo and they ride off, so maybe. It's just not wanting to overly expose too much, and, and wanting to you know show everybody that Bobby Lashley's back, and hope and hope to God and pray that there is a plan for these three individuals. So, um, you know, interested to see where it goes. I don't have. I'm not hopeful about it. I'm really not, especially when it comes to to Bobby Lashley's booking as of late for years now. So they're gonna have to do triple 10 times the work for re, for me to really get back on board with bobby lashley and what he's doing i'll i'll give it a chance no doubt i'll give it a chance and see where it goes but for me to really get on board with this there i am gonna have to see you know where this where this leads to in, in in the future moving forward so next up we have la Knight. yeah as he as he cuts a promo on the top of the stage. So there was uh, a bunch of pre-taped promos. Uh, from Cameron Grimes, Sheamus, as well as Rey Mysterio. And as they are going to be part of the second Fatal 4-Way match for uh, the United States Championship. Or the number one contendership for the United States Championship. And I was thinking this, right? So they're cutting some, like, that's like the you know the, the shtick that they like to do. Like, they cut, like, those little pre-taped promos where they say some words like, oh, it's my time to win the championship. I will become the United States champion or something along those lines. And I'm thinking like, are they really going to have LA night? Cause I was expecting LA night to be the last and fourth guy to cut a promo. I'm like, are they really going to have this dude just cut a pre-taped freaking backstage freaking pro? I'm like, no, 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 no. Please tell me not for the second straight week in a row that you're going to, you're going to do this to LA night. And they actually brought him out. I mean, he still would have gotten a pop if he was on the, on the Titan but they brought him out. They, they, his music hits and he cuts the promo. So everyone else cuts their promo pre-taped on the Titan and he cuts his promo on the top of the stage and the crowd goes fucking nuts, man. This dude is so freaking over that this dude is just. The hottest thing that that this company has to offer right now. This dude is now number three in merchandise sales for this for this past week in the month of July. It's freaking, I mean, you got Cody, you or excuse me, you got Roman Reigns at number one, Cody number two, and LA Knight at number three. That tells you everything you need to know about where this guy is right now and how the rocket and how something, some type of momentum needs to be needs to follow him. So so finally, this dude, after a week of being like, What the fuck? Why is this guy not on fricking on on your SmackDown television show? And and now and he cuts a promo on top of the stage. And um, you know, of course, and he talks about, you know, saying that he's coming for Austin Theory's title. Again, the crowd is getting into it. They're always chanting, yeah. freaking uh every time he finishes one of his lines, just they're just so into it. They're also hanging on to every word he's saying and he's like he's like listen you can call me a megastar you can call me the goat but sooner or later you will call me champ with everybody saying la night yeah and that is the freaking promo as la night walks off and again the crowd is just into they do you can hear the the crowd you know doing the la night with him it's just like dude man what are we waiting for bro freaking give the listen look Look, I'm done talking about the briefcase. I'm done. I've spoken about it. You guys know how I feel about it. However, now, when it comes to this United States Championship, there's legit no turning back now. You have to give this dude the United States Championship. If that is what he's going to... If that's what he's going to be going after, he has to win that title at SummerSlam. I mean, I know I've spoken about a consolation prize, but listen, I will take any type of momentum for this dude at this point. And if that's a United States championship, then so fricking be it the title reign itself, because that's why when I was talking about like, Oh, a consolation prize is for, is for, <laughs> is, is for him to hold on to a mid car title, a United States championship. Not that the moment wouldn't be special or, or that LA Knight wouldn't make the most out of it is that is the company, going to be 100 percent behind him and his title reign to boot is that the question you know is the qu- now the other question is are they even gonna give him the strap <laughs> that's the other mega that, that's the other big question as well so but I mean guys I mean it takes no rocket scientist to hear that fucking crowd right because like I always say you have to read the freaking room sometimes you you just do. You have to hear that reaction and you have to strike and be like, let's jump on this. Let's not waste any fricking time. You didn't want to give him a briefcase, big fricking botch, whatever. Now you have this United States championship. He has to fricking win this. This dude needs to be racking up W's. He needs to be racking momentum because not just for us, us diehard wrestling fans, right? The IWC. And that, and this is why I got so frustrated about this dude not being on television, but because you're not just, when you're a talent, you're not just trying to attract your core wrestling audience, right? People like me, people like Brian, as well as a lot of people in the IWC and this ruthless talk community, but it's the casuals, the casuals that, you know, that, that flip through channels and they want to come through something that's entertaining on their television screens And poof pops up LA night on, 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 on Fox. And he's doing some really cool shit in a really cool segment. And that casual fan's going to be like, Whoa, like who's this dude? The crowd is cheering for him. Like this, this dude, like he's, I I like this. I like what he's got rocking with. I don't even know what this is. What is this pro wrestling? (laughs) And, and, and right then and there, man, you're, you're he's the person is hooked and that is what catapults you. Right. For, especially for a Monday night raw, Right for for wrestlers on a Monday Night Raw show, to to be in something meaningful, to be in something, to t- to be in something fresh, something something authentic, to put wrestlers to have momentum and build, you know, and, and, and to guys that are over, that are truly over, and casual fans come across and be like, I want to hop on that bandwagon, dude, hop on the L A Night bandwagon, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So that's and. And I love the fact too, and and I'm going to end it with this, you know, obviously this wrestling community can be, and and I'm not just talking us and ruthless talk. I'm just the whole entire wrestling community across the, across the, the, the globe can be very toxic, especially with Twitter. You guys know Twitter, you guys know what I'm talking about, but as of late, especially when it comes to LA night, majority of us have really. Have come together and really have stood up for this dude a lot. I mean, you, I've heard from reputable sources like Sports Illustrated as well as others about like, man, what is WWE doing with LA Knight, especially after what happened at Money in the Bank? And it's just like, what, like, what are they doing with this dude? Are they going to push him, or are they not? Like, this is a really good, this is a really good talent that can do wonders. And 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 because look, with WWE, yes, they don't listen to us majority of the time. But when they have to, they will, right? There comes a time when all of us, when we all come together and we voice out about a wrestler, a guy that is white hot, a guy that has worked his ass off to get where he is, to to get as over as he is, to, to get white hot as he is with this character and how everybody is just so just invested into it and we speak out about it not just because we're fans of the dude but we know that this guy can can make the company better and that's what it's about and it's us not just in this community this ruthless talk community not just me not just Brian but all of us all of the people that knew that money in the bank what could have been and should have been LA Knight's moment to take away that to take that briefcase home with him And we voiced out and we say that was not the right decision, you know, and may, and, and, and hopefully this is a sign to where WWE triple H and Vince McMahon, majority of triple H says, you know what, you know, our hands are tied our fans. They, they're, they're, they're speaking heavily, right? They've done it with Daniel Bryan in the past Kofi Kingston, as well as many others to where they had no choice. But to put the rocket and the momentum on this dude. A guy that they didn't want to push, but they're but they were forced to because the crowd was so heavily behind this guy. And it's just, it's so it's just so cool to see. And that's what makes professional wrestling fans just awesome. When we all know when a guy Deserves, right? And I know deserves is something that's used a lot in this industry, a lot. You know, everybody deserves a title match. Everybody deserves a, a push. Everybody deserves it. No, but it's guys that have the gift to gab, the guys that can connect with an audience. Those are the guys that really deserve that big push. And LA Knight, right now, right now, deserves that. And for a United States championship, it seems like that's what the that's what it's leading to. That's what has to happen at SummerSlam against Austin Theory. It has to happen. I'm pretty confident that he actually will win next week's Fatal Four way. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm I'm actually, I know guys. I'm 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 actually I'm somewhat confident that he's going to he's gonna win next week. I don't know why. I just have this weird feeling that he's going to that he's going to win. Um, because I do feel like they WWE felt like they did they did f up. Part of them knew they effed up, even though they didn't want to put this dude on television. They wanted to cool this this they wanted to cool off this momentum. But part of them knew they effed up because of all the backlash from fans. Because all of us knew that this dude, the guy that is white hot right now, should be getting these these moments and should be getting this limelight, and they. Their hands were tied, man. So, especially at freaking Madison Square Garden. And now you have him come out there and cut this promo. states that he's coming for the United States Championship. And, and again, man, like this LA Knight has to win this title, man. If this is what you're doing with him, he has to win. He stated he was going to win Money in the Bank briefcase. He didn't do that. For a lot of people and a lot of wrestling fans, it comes across of him as a loser. I'm sorry, because that's how you also got to think of this as well. You know, you state that you're going to win something, right? You make your claim that you are going after Austin Theory's United States Championship and you are going to win that shit. Well, you have to win that shit now because you said you were going to do it at Money in the Bank and you came up short. And it comes across to a lot of fans and casuals that, you know, you don't show up in the big moments. And for LA Knight in the stage of his career, if it's not now, guys, when is it going to be the time? When is it? It has to be right now. There's no more waiting. There's no more playing this cute waiting game. Enough of that shit. You know? As far as the, a potential title reign is concerned, I'll believe it when I see it in regards to actually giving him a relevant title reign, a memorable title reign, but but we have to get there. <laughs> we we have we have to get there. And and I'm not even fully confident that we're going to get there. But we shall say, we shall say. Main event uh, was Asuka versus Bianca Belair uh, for the WWE Women's Title. Uh, Bailey, Io, and Charlotte Flair—they all come through the crowd during the match with tickets. I like okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Like, these women weren't barred from ringside because they were in a backstage segment. Um, I think it was Bailey and Eo saying that they were they were gonna watch closely uh of the main event for later on the night. And Charlotte Flair states that she was leaving. She's like, hey, you don't like me being involved in this stuff? I'm gonna leave. And then she overhears Bailey and Eo being a part of it, and she's like, never mind, I think I'll stay. So but yet they had so again. But we nobody said about them being barred from ringside. If they were barred from ringside, then okay. But last time I checked, and I watched the sh- I went and I watched back over the show a second time. I heard nothing about about them being barred from ringside. So why would they need a? Why, why would they need a ticket? It, it's just it's just weird. It's like with Bianca, it made sense because she was barred from the match. So she got a ticket. Okay, that makes sense. But with these three ladies, they 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 were they were never barred from the arena, no barred from the match at ringside, so why would they need a why would they need a ticket? It's it, it doesn't make it's just weird, bro. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um so that was odd. That was that was just really odd. Um But yeah, the match was fine uh for for what it for what it was. I wasn't really Cause I kind of knew ahead of time that nobody was going to win this match. It was either going to be either fricking, hopefully not fricking Bianca Belair losing flat on her back, or this was going to be a DQ. And that's how it ends in a DQ where, well, before that Bianca Belair delivered a massive KOD to Asuka on the announce table. And then EO and uh, Bailey, they come through or they come over the barricade. They approach, I believe it was Belair. Um, And then Charlotte also gets involved. And then now pretty much all the women are just getting involved on rings at ringside. Now Ian EO and Belair come face to face EO sidesteps Charlotte and hits Belair with her spear, which forced the, which forces the DQ EO sky looks to cash in the contract as well as Bailey as Bailey as with her is is with her in this moment. Um, Asuka's, she gets up, she spits her mist into Bailey's face. She's standing on the ring apron trying to give the contract to Jessica Carr who was the who was the official um, and then freaking so Oscar spits the mist, she takes her title, rolls underneath the ring rope, underneath the ring ropes and runs up the rampway. So Oscar, even though like I said to the star of the show, she was again k- kind of an afterthought, man. And and this is this is what I mean with Asuka. It's just at the end of the day, guys, I've said it once. I'm going to say this again. This is nothing but to give Charlotte Flair her 15th, her 15th championship Her fifth, to be 15 time. That's all this is, man. Asuka has been built and has been looked upon as nothing but a placeholder. Yes, yeah, she's, she's technically standing tall. But, it, I mean at the beginning of the night she's like an afterthought because be, again Belair and Charlotte Flair they're going at they're coming face to face they're talking about them facing each other for the title that they're not even holding on to just completely pushing away Asuka who's your champion it's just it's just weird and Asuka wins um or doesn't win but she stands tall so um I, I don't know, man. I, I just wish that there's just nothing about this because a, I are part of me already knows how this is going to end with all three of these, all three of these ladies. And two, like there's no cliffhanger to where I need nor really want to see this match. Of course, I'm going to watch the match guys. Like, but still, like I, I want to feel what after these after these shows, before these shows go off the air, I want to feel a certain way before this show went off the air, to where this show goes off the air and say, "Man, I'm really looking forward to what Oscar has to offer at them in the match with Bianca and Charlotte, And you're not getting that. And I think it's kind of the notion to where we kind of know where this is going. Charlotte Flair is going to be your 15 time women's champion. She's going to take away that title from Asuka because Asuka is nothing but a placeholder. She is, she's just there. Um, she's probably going to take the pinfall. There's no doubt in my mind with that. So, you know, just again, I know I sound like a broken record, man, but I'm going to continue to say it. This is an experiment. That's not working with Charlotte Flair just be you can give her all the title reigns you want you can have her win 50 title reigns in her career it's not gonna matter it's not gonna make me look look upon charlotte flair to say i i'm really interested where of what she's involved in and the direction of the character there's just not she's not in anything important They're praising her to be this wrestle, this women's wrestling god when she's not. We all know that it's bullshit. Does she have talent? Does she have talent? Absolutely, she does. Her promo was fine, outside of I think she botched a line, but I'm not going to hold that against her. I'm I'm really not. Um, But she cut a decent promo. You know, she's okay on the mic. She's not great. She's not good, and she's decent. She's okay. But they, but again, the pedestal is that she's the greatest of all time. And that's why people say bullshit, and we can't get on board with Charlotte because they book her, they put her on this pedest- pedestal that that she's not on, and that's why nobody a can get you know can get into Charlotte Flair and what she's involved in, nor this triple threat, and it sucks, man, because Bianca Belair seems like she's got something going with a a potential heel character. I, I mean, I don't know. I'll have to see more. It's kind of like, it's just, it's weird. Like we, we see it's and pieces, bits and pieces of the heel that's in her. And, and kind of also p- bits and pieces of the baby face. So I don't know. It's like an in-betweener type of thing that she's got working with. And maybe that gets told after SummerSlam. I don't know. So, but we shall see, man. we, Shall say. And that is SmackDown. That is SmackDown July 14th, 2023. And now it is time to get into my top five list for this week. So, for all of you guys, uh, for those of you know about this list, or for those of you guys that don't know, allow me to demonstrate these rules real quick. So, for these lists, of course, everybody is free game. Whether you're a wrestler in WWE, AEW, NXT, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, you name it, it is free game to be on this list. Me, as well as Brian in the past, we have put personal bias aside to see who has the momentum, who is helping the company, and who has the hot hand in professional wrestling right now. Regardless of our favorite wrestlers, we put all of that aside and build these lists, and we have fun doing so. So let us jump straight into it because I don't want to waste too much, too much more of you guys' time. I want to jump straight into these, to these honorable mentions as well as my top five. So my first honorable mention is Ilyon Dragunov uh, from NXT. Uh, from a solid freaking match that he did have with Braun Breaker. Damn solid match and, and definitely, if booked correctly, with Carmelo Hayes. Um, could be damn freaking solid as well. I just wish that it was in your main event slot. And I spoke heavily about that last episode with Brian. But Dragonoff, man, this dude, this dude's got something, man. He, he does. I, I don't think he's there yet, but he's definitely... The more I watch this dude, the more I get... The more I see the potential in him and the more I want to see his matches and what he's ha- and what he has to offer. So, and I think at this point, this dude moving forward needs to be needs to be your NXT champion moving forward. If he's going to now be in this, in this title picture now, uh, moving forward, this dude, it, it, he's been hot in his matches, the matches with Dijak and others, as well as freaking Braun Breaker from this past week. Um, uh, off has been, uh, has been on a roll, man. And he deserves his flowers, um, for uh, being in an honorable mention, uh, for this week's list. And, uh, up next, I have Shotzi. Uh, Shotzi just doing a really solid job in her, her promo that she cut the vignette that she cut, just getting amplified in a different style of her that we are not too familiar with, like a psychotic type of character, shaving her head and everything, not confident that it's going to deliver, but what it was in the moment, um, damn solid. And, and Shotzi deserve and, and deserves the praise as well as, you, you know, the tribute behind her shaving her head. We I spoke earlier about that again, much love to Shotzi as well as her sister dealing with liver cancer. And we hope, you know, we, we wish, and you know, nothing for the best for her and her family. So, but Shotzi man does, she did a really, really, really solid stuff. This was a promo and something from Shotzi that I haven't just felt as such since she's been on the main roster or heck even NXT. I can even go as that far. So damn solid segment, you know, maybe hopefully fingers crossed. This is, a, a character change or a development that can truly help um that can truly help Shotzi but you know remains to be seen with that um up next we have Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits again intrigued to see what happens with that as well I'm <laughs> I'm not confident again in this company in this company that they're going to deliver with these three especially with Bobby Lashley and just how poorly this dude has been booked over the past several, not just months, guys, but years. But there is something there, man. You just look at these three as like a badass faction and a heel. And that includes Angelo Dawkins. There's something there. And, you know, I I do want to see more. I do want to give it a chance. And I do see the potential in that. And I definitely feel, and definitely with the wrestling world, it's it's definitely talked about in, in regards to what they you know, what they want to see, and you know, and I like and I do like the fact that they didn't give too much away. It's just like, oh, it's just Bobby Lashley returns, you know, he's taken off of the milk carton. <laughs> and and it's him and the street profits talking. So could have could been more done in that segment, sure. But for what it was, it it got people talking of of wanting to see what happens with these three. So I I like that in that aspect. And I just pray to God that there is something at the end of the day. Um, and finally, my final honorable mention is Ricochet. Yes, guys, Ricochet. Who would have thought you would have heard freaking Ricochet um, in, in my honorable mentions list? Um, yeah, man, just Ricochet in in the, in the segment that he cut with Logan Paul. This was probably since NXT. The, I haven't felt a certain type of way about Ricochet in, in a segment. Um, I, I thought Logan Paul brought the best out of him. This was the best situation that he has been involved, Ricochet, for a very long time. And he did his part. Um, he did his part. Did he do anything that that was special or out of the ordinary? No, but it was effective and it flowed very well with Logan. And I always say it takes two to tango. So for Ricochet, you know, as much as I freaking love freaking Logan Ball. Um, Ricochet deserves his props as well. And speaking of Logan Paul at number five, Logan Paul is, is number five for this list for this week. Just man. I, I, again, it's just with Logan Paul do this in such a short amount of time. This guy has just been doing such a tremendous job and was legit the one and only positive, positive light. From this past Monday Night on Raw, which I spoke heavily about um, in the Raw review this past Tuesday. So, Logan Paul, he's talking shit to freaking Ricochet, freaking, you know, talking about wearing a medium sized button up with 90% <laughs> forehead. Just freaking awesome. The reaction when freaking did, uh, when Ricochet did the front flip and uh, onto the outside from the ring to the outside, his reaction taking I mean, everything Logan Paul did was just was just tremendous man again wasn't anything great no but it did what it needed to do and Logan Paul just playing the douchebag the asshole he just he just does it so well man i mean again I and i know it's easy for for wrestlers to try to get hated with the crowd but not any not everyone could pull off a good douchebag type of a heel that Logan Paul can in such a short amount of time not even people that have been in this business for 10 20 plus years so for Logan Paul for this week in that segment Deserves all the praise and all the flowers for that. And number four, I have L.A. Knight. Yeah, that's right, guys. That is right. L.A. Knight for being back on television, for, you know, making his claim that he's going after that United States championship, as well as being a top three merchandise seller, as well as also continuing to be a talk of this wrestling industry. And hopefully, hopefully the company is 100% behind him to give him this said rocket, to give him this said momentum. But, I mean, guys, the numbers and the metrics for LA Knight has just been tenfold. And it just, once again, proves my point, and I'm sure a lot of people's point, that this dude needs to be, he needs to, like, he needs to be given something now. Like, there's no more waiting, bro. Um, There's no more waiting. Like, you need to strike now while this dude is still freaking over with majority of your core wrestling fans. So, I mean, the, the the merchandise sales being in top three, as well as all the other metrics for this week, man, LA Knight deserves that praise. Be- and he has been bringing in, you know, again, man, a guide that is good for your company because he is that good. And the fans latch onto the character. So for that um, LA Knight, and again, just, The reaction that he got freaking when he comes out on the stage to cut us to cut a 90 freaking second promo was more loud than any of these other four individuals that were in this freaking uh, United States title match or number one contendership match combined. It was it was (laughs) it was louder than AJ Styles, Grayson Waller, Butch and Santos Escobar combined. That's how freaking that's how over this guy that, that LA Knight is. So much love to LA Knight, and I just hope and pray that this company is truly behind him to not just give him the title, but to give him a memorable, respectable, and meaningful title reign. Will it will they? Remains to be seen. And number three, I have Paul Heyman. That is right, man. Paul Heyman, the wise man. Um, just the, the best the best highlight of the night of him getting super kicked. And of course, now once, once again, being a major, major focal point in this story, really trying to put blame on Jay Uso saying that the reason why Jimmy's in the hospital is your fault. And the way that he's, he's making it come across, it's just Paul Heyman, just being Paul Heyman and just again, falling like a, like a, like a ton of bricks, the way he sold that freaking super kick was just so freaking funny. And a part of a segment where, yeah, it wasn't great, but you know, it, 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 it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. And, and Paul Heyman just, again, does this, sh- this stuff better, better than anybody. And, and, and Heyman, you know, for what he has been given hits fricking home runs and grand slams nonstop. So for Heyman in this segment, as well as taking that super kick and everything else as a whole deserves to be uh top three this week is a, and of course, now being a major focal point in the story, to where he is now like the puppet master, you know, manipulating Roman, manipulating Solo, and who 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 knows who else gets involved in this story moving forward. So, and at number two is Jey Uso. Shouldn't be no shock there as well. Jey Uso uh, again really being the talk of the wrestling industry. Um, with that being said, should he be beating Roman Reigns for his for his championship for Roman Reigns' championship? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. You guys can give me all the X, Y, and Z's of how he can win the championship and this and that. I don't care. He should not be winning this championship. However, for this week and the segment that he was involved in, it was, it's still the segment as a whole. And the story as a whole is still the best story that's being told, um, in regards to, in regards to this company and the main focal point of it has been Jay Uso The promo that he cut was spot on, not letting those stupid ass what chance get to him and just playing playing a part, well, not a part of it, but just letting the punches flow, not letting it get to him and just continuing the promo as is. And and that shows you how good Jey Uso is, staying within the moment. Um, And again, everything else as a whole that I've spoken about Jey Uso as well. So my man is in the number two slot. But at number one, at number one, For my top five wrestlers of the week. Is MJF and Adam Cole, baby. That is right. The bromance that is Adam Cole and MJF. I mean, what is there to say after what you saw um, this past Wednesday on Dynamite? I mean they continue the momentum has continued tenfold and where this story is leading to how into it people are and the connection between the two and making it work. Um, just the best thing that AEW has to offer right now. And it's just, it's just a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, just outside of course the bloodline. And I talked about Tony D'Angelo and stacks on NXT this has been it, man. This has been one of the most entertaining things out of all one of the most entertaining things, stories, feuds, whatever you want to call it, um, in professional wrestling right now. Just the chemistry between Adam Cole and MJF and just what it could lead to, how they pull these segments off, how everybody's been just been hanging on to every word that they do how everything just fits with the matches, the matches, the tag matches and these blind eliminator tournaments have been, have just been so entertaining. And even though it's temporary man, like this man, just, I was, and I was skeptical. I know I, I was skeptical about it because how many times have we seen the coexisting game all the time where, you know, two people go at it, they'll face each other in a match. And there's not really a whole lot that you can gravitate towards. But with this man, You can tell that there's just a lot of effort put into it. And that's what I respect the most. Put effort, care, and creativity into something. And you give it to people like MJF and Adam Cole. And you let them fucking rock. That's it, man. This bromance continues. And like Brian even stated, man. Like, I am interested to really see where this goes. And Tony Khan. This is something you got really good got you got going on right now. This is really, really good. Please do not fuck this up because the only person that can F this up is Tony Khan himself. But for this week, MJF and Adam Cole, this was their week. They were the main freaking these are these are the guys that have just been the talk of this industry for justified reasons and we can't wait to see what they do next moving forward. So so that is my list, man. At number five, I have Logan Paul. At number four, I have L.A. Knight. At number three, I have Paul Heyman. At number two, I have Jey Uso. And at number one, I have the bromance of MJF and Adam Cole. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ruthless Talk. This was our SmackDown review for July 14th, Twenty Twenty. Three. So the plan is that our next episode will be on Thursday. Not sure if there's going to be a Monday Night Raw review. I'm pretty sure, um, you know, in talks of with Brian over the past several days is that we are going to probably go back to our new format that we have been rocking with, which is a an episode specifically for AEW and NXT on Thursday and Raw and SmackDown um, on Saturday. So that will be starting for this coming week. But um, of course, as always, make sure you guys hit that notification bell. Make sure you guys don't miss a single episode. As well as follow us on our social medias. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. As we, I believe, like how many how many followers we're getting close to? Man, we're we're still on the cusp of 900. Man, we are so freaking close. Make sure you guys spread the word. Hit that follow button as we make a lot of content over there. A lot of creative, fun content for you guys. So make sure. You guys follow those platforms as well as TikTok. We are definitely on the cusp of 600 now. As I believe on last episode, we were just, we just got to up around 550. Um, The love and support that we get over on TikTok um, has been insane. So thank you guys to people who are on TikTok that are coming across these, these episodes. Can't thank you guys enough, man. Uh, Seriously, Um, it it truly means a lot for, for wrestling fans to um, just to, to really buy in and what we're what we're spewing, you know, to, you know, for people to buy in and to really believe that we are, me and Brian are not just people that just spew opinions and just bitch and moan, just to bitch and moan. We are here to give the facts. We are here to make professional wrestling better. And of course, have fun and always talk professional wrestling because that's what we do. But it's just to be honest and want to see this product get better because we love this. We love this thing that is professional wrestling. And we just want to see. Um, just everything of what's best for the wrestlers and for this company, whether that's AW, WWE, you name it, man. It's 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 about bringing back the spark that has always been in professional wrestling. And it's about honesty and, and just building a community that everybody can be proud of. So for everybody that has come through those platforms, um, can't thank you guys enough. And again, make sure you stay tuned for some more content Uh, to come as well as some more episodes uh, to come. And of course, I believe there's going to be a SummerSlam good, the bad, and the ugly as we are pretty much, guys, like almost, I want to say, what, three weeks, two and a half weeks from SummerSlam as we are getting very, very close to SummerSlam as there will be a good, the bad, and the ugly. Me and Brian will be doing that um, as well as covering um, uh, the Raw and SmackDown after SummerSlam. So a lot is to come. A lot of fun, exciting content um, and stuff to go over um, is to come. So make sure you guys stay tuned for all of that and make sure you guys stay tuned for next week on Thursday when we talk AEW Dynamite, Collision, as well as NXT. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli and your boy is signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.